Hello, I'm Jonathan Boff, and I run the Centre for War Studies at the University of Birmingham. Eight weeks ago, when Vladimir Putin ordered his military to invade Ukraine, I suspect that few of us gave much for Ukraine's chances. Putin must fail, the mantra often repeated in those early days by President Zelensky and by a number of Western leaders, frankly seemed little more than wishful thinking at that point. And yet today, thanks to the inspiring courage and resolve of the Ukrainian people, to the skill of their armed forces, and to the overconfidence and sheer incompetence uh, of the Russian invaders, for the first time it is beginning to seem possible that Putin may indeed fail. And so we need to start to look beyond this immediate crisis and to devise a strategy for the post-Ukraine world that we want to inhabit. And this strategy, I think, needs to have three parts. First, we need to find ways to make sure that Putin can never again attempt anything like this against Ukraine or anywhere else, while secondly, deterring other actors from similar assaults on international law and human rights, and also thirdly, working hard to balance other powers, such as China and India, such that the dividing line is drawn, as a friend of mine puts it, between Russia and the world, rather than between the West and the rest. Now, quite how we will do that will depend on questions to which none of us really know the answers as yet, such as how the Ukraine war might end and what implications there might be in that for Ukraine, for Russia, and indeed for the position of Mr. Putin. But what is already clear is that this is going to require lasting engagement with a Russia which is, at best, extremely unlikely to become a sudden convert to Western liberal and democratic values. We will need, therefore, to equip ourselves for what is likely to be a long confrontation extending far beyond the current crisis. And to do that, we will need to recast both the ways we think about strategy and the mechanisms we have in place for generating it. Because Ukraine has reminded us of a lesson that I think we rather lost sight of in the 30 years of American near hegemony since the end of the Cold War. And that is that strategy requires statecraft in multiple dimensions, and that to respond effectively to a threat as dangerous and brutal as Russia needs us to pull all the levers of power that we have, what we might call the dime, D-I-M-E, Diplomatic, Information, Military, Economic Toolkit. So far, over Ukraine, I think the West has actually done a decent job of pulling those levers. Diplomacy, conducted both through multilateral institutions, such as the UN, and through a series of bilateral initiatives, has helped to isolate Russia, while the information campaign, led by Ukraine, has dominated a sympathetic Western media. Military aid direct to Ukraine has been timely and effective, while increased NATO deterrence activity has provided more indirect support. And economic statecraft has been a particular feature of this crisis, with sanctions a central plank of policy. However, I think we have tended to pull these levers one by one, rather than as part of an overall integrated and cohesive strategy, and the overall effect of them has been weakened because we have failed to see strategy in the round and to integrate our statecraft. 
Let me give you just one more specific example, our use of economics. Now, we've generally done, I think, a good job of using economic statecraft in a punitive, negative way to hurt our opponent. But so far, we've paid little attention to the use of positive economic means, such as de development and reconstruction aid and ideas for reform, to build up our existing allies and to make new friends. We've done less to use domestic fiscal and monetary policy to prepare our publics for the austerity war and sanctions bring. And we've done almost nothing to explain to our international partners or even our own electorates why we need their support and what the aims of our policies are. Rather than integrating the E into a coherent and cohesive DIME, D-I-M-E package, we have let it develop in isolation, not maximize its potential and allowed gaps to open up internationally. At home, meanwhile, <clears throat> We proceed with business as usual in, in the short to medium term, uh, hoping that everything will be all right. This seems a dangerous way to proceed and one that needs to be avoided in the long run uh, with governments beginning to look beyond the immediate crisis and reforming the way that they build strategy to handle it. In the UK, for instance, we need to reinforce our cross-Whitehall strategy-making capabilities, pulling together the four dime threads and ensuring that each is involved and every angle considered at every level up to and including cabinet and the prime minister. This will require us to override any number of vested interests. If we are to create the Whitehall and indeed Washington machinery we need fit for a new international system for the 21st century, however, it's a challenge we have no choice but to face.